0: Disrupting Japan Episode 5 Welcome to Disrupting Japan. Straight talk from Japan's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm Tim Romero and thanks for joining me. Today I sit down with my friend Jason Winder of Make Leaps over, frankly, way too many beers. And the interview gets a little silly near the end of it. But you know, that's where all the best conversation always happens. I've been a friend of Jason's for more than 10 years. I'm an investor in his company and uh, drunk or sober, he's always a fascinating guy to talk with. His company, Make Leaps, is fundamentally changing the way that Japanese companies do invoicing, and that is a huge thing here in Japan, as Jason explains. Uh, We'll also talk about some of the advice he has for companies that are just starting up in Japan. How the sales process is different in Japan and outside Japan. and he gives some advice on how to grow a company via acquisitions, even as a small startup run by a foreigner. And uh, news was released shortly after we recorded this that MakeLeaps has become the first Japanese company to be funded via an angelist syndicate. So we're expecting great things from Jason and Make Leaps. So let's get to it. So Jason, we're here in your office next to the beautiful Meguro River. It's (laughs) a gorgeous, gorgeous river, especially in the Sakura season. Oh yeah. Actually, it's true. In the Sakura season, it is. In the summer, it's a bit of a concrete bunker. Yes, (laughs) it is true. But uh, rivers aside, you have started two companies in Japan so far. That's and currently run in Make Leaps. And actually, rather than have me talk about it, why don't you talk a bit about it? Sure.
1: Um, so I've been in Japan since 2001. I came over originally to study martial arts. Uh, after about a year here, I set up my first business called WebNet IT, which helps foreign companies who are setting up in Japan and also banks and embassies with their IT requirements. Um, and then we had a lot of problems when we started to get to scale at sending tens of invoices a month. So we uh, decided to build our own software to scratch our own itch, which was both, as I often say, the best and worst decision that I've ever made because I had no idea how to build software so I went through like the so So
0: originally this you weren't planning for this to be a separate company you were just trying to solve a problem that that you were having that's correct yeah and well the thing is this is back in like 2004 and
1: back then there's no there was no software that was available for the Japanese market that you know scratched this itch that were that allowed companies in Japan to manage their documents with yen with decimal points correctly because of course You know, you use English software design for the American market, and you make an invoice in yen, and it's got decimal points, and the kanji doesn't show properly, and you've got all sorts of internationalization problems, uh, and it's just a giant nightmare. So we tried many of the American solutions, didn't have any luck, and so we realized, well, if we're going to do this, we're going to need to to build it ourselves. So we built it, and it kind of became a bit like a, a hobby project for me, much like you've got uh, you know, a, a terrible car that's rusting in your garage and you just go out there every weekend and try to make it look better. And then like four years later, it's, it's something that you start to show your
0: friends. That's pretty much exactly what happened. Like After years of working on this and slowly chiseling away at it. How long did it take from the time you decided that, okay, we need a solution for this internally to the time you said, okay, we've got a product we can sell. How many years was that?
1: Oh, it's, this is an embarrassing, uh, answer to your question, Tim, but it took years and it only, it's not something that I wish, unfortunately, you know, I wish I could say, oh yeah, I'm a a, a very, uh, visionary entrepreneur (laughs) and I saw the market opportunity from miles away and went out to take hold of it. That's absolutely not what happened. (laughs) So, it got to the point where i just enjoyed showing it to other people oh wow check this out i've got this new report and now i can see wow this guy's doing a really good job and that's great and this customer is my number one customer now and oh that's fantastic i didn't know that before because i couldn't add up all the invoices because they were all in excel and they were you know in a folder somewhere and we just it was dead data and people started looking at that and say "Wow, that's actually that's really cool are you selling that if you if you do I'd be interested to buy it. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. But like, it just—it really did not dawn on me until finally after hearing this and having this conversation several times over, one person said, hey, I need your tool. I said, oh, yeah, sorry, it's not for sale. I said, no, no, I have no idea what's going on in my business. I don't know if I'm profitable or not. I, I have hundreds of Excel documents in a folder. I don't care if this costs 500, <laughs> five hundred, five thousand, 5000 or $50,000. I just need this tool. How can you make that
0: happen? So you're... you're Great brainstorm when you realized that you could sell this was when people started asking you to sell it to them. Exactly, yeah. exactly, <laughs> yeah. Um, sounds obvious in retrospect. <laughs> right. Actually, well, let me tell you, I, I've, explained, uh, I've explained Make Leaps in the intro, but could you explain very briefly what the company does and who uses it? Sure.
1: Um, so, at this point, 98% of our customers are all in Japan. Essentially, what it does is... In Japan right now, almost everybody uses Excel to create, send uh, and manage their invoices. While overseas, almost everyone starting a business is using an online tool uh, or a cloud tool. And there's many, many cloud tools for the American and English speaking market. So essentially, we are helping Japanese companies manage their invoices in the cloud as
0: opposed to through Excel, which is what everybody is, is currently doing. Actually, tell me a bit about your customers, because you seem to have a quite a range of, of users, every, everyone from like one-person freelancers to some pretty large enterprise clients you're working with now. That's true. Um, when we started, the system was extremely basic, so it was only
1: really capable of serving the needs of freelancers, but as we as we built out the system and added more and more features, more and more businesses started to use MakeLeaps, and they started sending us requests, and of course. Businesses, business requirements for invoicing is slightly different to freelancers. So we started working on those kinds of features and then eventually we started to get interest from large enterprise companies and they had a set of features that they needed to do. So yeah, we've um, you know as we continue to build out features, we're moving more and more upstream into larger and larger enterprises and very big public companies. We've got a, a very wide range of, of customers. One thing that I, I suppose I find interesting is The information that's on an invoice that a freelancer sends out is pretty much 95% identical to the information on on an invoice that a very large company sends out, right? So it's a lot of the complexity and difficulty in building software to scratch that itch is in the way that you handle large amounts of data, large amounts of customers, large amounts of documents, uh, and that's where the tricky part is and that's where we're spending a lot of time and effort right now improving that area and making it so it's very simple and easy to manage huge quantities of data and invoices um so when a company comes to us and says okay we're sending thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds
0: of thousands of invoices a month we need to have a really good answer for them one thing i think is really interesting about um about you and a handful of other foreign entrepreneurs here in japan The bulk of foreign entrepreneurs seem to target language-sensitive niches. So language, training, translation, tourism, uh, where they're dealing with a lot of foreigners. But MakeLeaks is really targeted on, it's a Japanese clientele, you're running this like a Japanese company. Yep. And uh, that's quite a bit different from uh, your your first company, which was providing services to largely foreign companies. That's true. How, How is that different? What's been different between the two? So I would say,
1: firstly, the buying, the way that foreign companies make buying decisions is very different to the way that Japanese companies make buying decisions. How so? Basically, if you show a foreign company or a foreigner a product, typically their response is, wow, that looks like a good product. I think it would benefit me. How much does it cost? And then that's where the discussion starts. Typically, we've found that if we go out and talk to a, a Japanese company and say, hey, here's a great product, they'll say, wow, that looks really interesting. Who else is using it? But, so back when we started, we didn't have a great answer for that, right? Like, no Japanese business wants to hear, oh, you would be the first, <laughs> right? So like, it's kind of like, oh, okay, like there's, you know, there's there's safety in crowds, right? Like, you know, you want to be on the system that everybody else is using and if you're trying to build a system that you want people to use, it can be very frustrating and easy to give up in the early stages because a lot of people are very concerned about who else uses the software. So that was a really big difference that we that we found. And I think a lot of people encounter this and say, oh, this is ridiculous, like, uh, and they get frustrated. But I never really understood why you would get frustrated. It's like, well, if you're an entrepreneur, your goal is to figure out the problem space and solve the problems related to that problem space. And yeah, we just accommodated that particular requirement by going out, doing a lot of case studies, uh, interviewing users, um, looking for opportunities to share the fact that we have other, you know, back then we had like, oh, we have, you know, tens of customers using MakeLeaps, like the ability to say that now it's hundreds, now it's thousands, now it's tens of thousands, like, The way to to kind of share that um, with people, it was very critical for Japanese businesses or freelancers or business owners to look at the tool, say, oh, wow, okay, a lot of people are using it. I'm happy with this.
0: Okay, I feel safe. Let's try it out. And away they go. Well, early on, you were doing a lot of the sales yourself. What what are some of the advantages and disadvantages of doing sales as a foreigner in Japan? Um, One thing is... You are not
1: part of the Japanese social structure. So you can work outside that a little bit in a way that, where you can do things that other Japanese people would have trouble getting away with, right? So I would go around to my friend's office and I'll say, oh yeah, we've got this new version of Make Leaps. And I'll say, oh wow, that looks interesting. Yeah, we'll try it out sometime. I'm like, great. Well, I'll just sit here until you have a moment. I don't want to bother you. It's like, what do you mean? You're just going to sit here. I'm like, oh, well, you know, we, we really need feedback on this. So yeah, yeah,
0: no problem. No rush. Whenever you got a minute in the next hour or so. And a Japanese person could never get away it with that. It would be difficult, right? Like you... Because, <laughs> you, you know... You're there's... violating all kinds of social conventions.
1: Right, right. And, you know, of course, I'm sensitive to social conventions, but I also needed feedback, right? So, like <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of trying to get a nice balance between... You know, getting, um, you know, working towards what you need to move the business forward and maintaining relationships and keeping people happy and all that kind of stuff. So, I think that you, you often see this in Japanese companies like in Sony where sometimes they hire a foreign CEO because he can get away with things and do things that it would be much harder for a Japanese CEO to do. Interesting. Right. So, in much the same way, I think, you know, there's certain advantages in that area, there's also definitely disadvantages. Um, which I'm very sensitive to, right? Like, you know, if you're a Japanese business and you find out that the invoicing company, right? And an invoice in Japan is a very sensitive document with a lot of information in there that is very nuanced, right? And if I was a Japanese business owner and I thought, well, you know, I might use MakeLeaps, but it's run by foreigners. Hmm, will they really understand the particular requirements and needs of my business and i might be a little bit concerned about that so we try to really present a japanese face where it's appropriate and where it's good so people can feel comfortable Um, and yeah one area where i was very happy was we ran a user meetup probably about uh, a year and a half ago and this japanese guy came through the door and he looked around and i heard him say why are there so many foreigners here (laughs) <laughs> right? And I walked over and I said, oh, hello, you know, thanks for coming. He's do like, you mean it in a good way or a well, bad no, way or just not, surprised? He was just surprised. He's like, why are there so many foreigners? What's <laughs> going on here? And uh, So I walked over and said, hello, thanks for coming. Um, yeah, what do you mean? Why are there so many foreigners? And he's like, well, I, I just assumed that this was a Japanese company run by Japanese people. I was like, oh, well, it's not. <laughs> 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 right? So he was kind of surprised by that. And, and for me, that was very interesting because...
0: He was completely under the impression he, you know, it was a domestic company. Was he? Did he think any less of the company, or was it more like, oh, that's interesting, where's the beer? It was like, exactly right. Oh, that's
1: interesting, <laughs> where's the beer? Um, up until that point, he just had an impression, because we really do sweat the details, right? We really sweat, because we're foreigners, we, we work doubly hard to make sure that we get all the details correct and nuances right, and obviously, we're, we must be doing that well if somebody can use Make Leaps for a long time and not be aware whatsoever that there's foreigners actually running the company. <laughs> so, yeah, that,
0: that was pretty satisfying, actually, for me to, to hear that. Actually, you mentioned something earlier that sounds really interesting, that uh, Japanese companies view their invoices uh, in a fundamentally different way than foreign companies do. Mm. How, how, what are the differences? Well, I would say that a Japanese company sending
1: out an invoice the invoice is kind of an extension of that company. And it's an extension of the company both in manners, in um, the way that they're communicating or that the external face that they want to uh, show to their customers. So if, you're, if you send out an invoice that's got a bunch of mistakes on it or, you know, the yen mark is wrong or looks weird or the kanji is in... Um, is garbled or something like that. Or even something as simple as having the US, the decimal places. Or decimal places on yen or something like that. You're essentially presenting yourself as a company that doesn't really know what it's doing or is unable to grasp the nuances of um, Japanese business. And you don't, you know, in Japan, of course, image is pretty important and you don't want to make uh, mistakes like that on such an important document where you're asking for money from your customers. They're putting in their documents and we are essentially creating documents for them on their behalf to send to their customers. And there's a lot of trust in that. And we take that pretty seriously. We, you know, we are very grateful when someone uses our software and we really want to make sure that we make them
0: look really, really, really good. You actually acquired one of your competitors last year, right? We acquired two. Two Uh, of them? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about that. Sure.
1: So one situation was where uh, this Japanese guy and maybe one or two others put together an invoicing company. And the thing is, when you build a company, sometimes the first version, the MVP, the minimum viable product, is pretty easy to put together right? Like you put it together in a week or two, you get people to use it. They're like, oh, wow, well, it's pretty good. But that's not where the real work like ends, right? That's where the real work begins. Then it becomes a huge slog of you've got to go out, talk to customers, customer acquisition exactly, say, okay, what do you like about this? What don't you like? What can we do better? And you start, you have to start to iterate and build on that and get more and more people and listen to their requirements and start to understand customer segments and it's just a marathon. So these guys weren't really willing to do that? Um, I think they just got a little bit tired and I'm not being down on them for that. It's hard work. Running a company is really, really difficult and if you're not very passionate about the problem space it's very hard to remain motivated, right? For me, I'm very passionate about invoicing, and I realize how
0: ridiculous that sounds. <laughs> no, the world, the world needs people who are passionate about invoicing.
1: Oh, not too many, hopefully.
0: <laughs> Just one. <laughs> one. But, um, so, you know... So, the companies you acquired, did you acquire them for the technology, for the, the people, for the user base? What was your motivation? Um, so, for the original company, I got in touch
1: with a guy over at Twitter. Originally, not really thinking at all about purchasing his company or anything like that, but he responded to me and said, "Hey, would you like to get coffee?" And I said, "Sure, why not?" So we sat down, and he said, "Listen, you know, I'm I'm looking at some other projects. Would you be interested in buying us and look taking on our customers and looking after them?" I said, "Well, of course, if the price is right." Um, So we thought about it and we decided, okay, this is a really exciting opportunity to, number one, do a press release. Number two, add 1,500 potential users. Number three, you know, there's a positive aspect to being the company that's buying other companies. That's quite nice and reassuring for people as well. So in the end, even though it was a bunch of work to do it, we decided, okay, let's go ahead and bring them on board. And yeah, we, we got a lot of benefit from that. We. At the time, we doubled our user base, which was great as well. Wow! Um, yeah, it was. A bit, I mean, now, it was, did most of them end up sticking with you? Uh, surprisingly, yeah. Like oh, right. we, we look in the system these days, and uh, you know, a lot of them have stuck around, which has been great. Uh, definitely, it's justified the purchase price that we paid. So that was really, really good. Um, the other company that we ended up kind of acquiring, or. Less acquiring, and basically, uh, there was one guy that contacted us out of the blue and said, "Hey, we run a MakeLeaps competitor, we're shutting down our service, but we're looking for someone to take on our customers. Would you be interested?" You know, that to us, that sounded a little bit like, uh, you know, "Oh, you've won the lottery!" <laughs> you know, right? Like, <laughs> just put in your credit card details, and you know, and, or something like that, right? So it sounded a bit too good to be true. But we asked him to come in and have a meeting, and essentially his company was being acquired by a larger Japanese company. And they said, okay, we've got no interest in this business. We want to shut it down. So the manager that was working there wanted to basically find a soft landing for all of his customers that were using that system. Some of the customers weren't interested. Of course, they were a little bit, I would say burned on the idea of using an online invoicing tool. that has gone away. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Well, I think in this guy's position, he really put his own reputation on the line to get all these customers on board. So it it must have just been shattering for him to, you know, come into the office one day and say, oh yeah, we're being acquired and we're shutting down this division, like... It's just like, ah oh, geez, so it was we, his baby, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, and he put his own reputation on the line and so he wanted to do the right thing by all of his customers and, and people that he introduced to the system. So in the end he was comparing, okay, well, I've got all these customers, and some of them are very big customers. Do I introduce them to MakeLeaps, the scrappy startup run by foreigners? Or do I look for a Japanese company that's maybe a little bit more trustworthy and has been in the game for a bit longer? So, in the end, he went around and had a meeting with us and explained the situation. He said, okay, maybe it makes sense for me to give you the smaller customers, and then I'll give the bigger customers to someone else. And we said, well, sure, but if we're going to work on this, uh, you know, it's a lot of work for us. We want all the customers. And he said, well, we'll see how we go. I said, okay, sure. So then after the meeting with us, he went and had a meeting with a very large Japanese engineering company six thousand engineers you know publicly listed big offices all around japan all that kind of stuff and he explained the situation to them and from what i understand their response was that sounds like a really interesting project we're going to have a meeting in three weeks with a committee to discuss whether we're interested to continue discussions
0: right? so i sort of ended the discussions
1: well, that's the thing. He's kind of like, well, I, I don't really have a tremendous amount of time here, right? Like, yeah. You know, I need to figure out a solution pretty soon. So he came back to us and said, "Okay, um, so I wanted to give you an update." And we said, "No, we want to give you an update. Here's all the features that we worked on over the weekend. That you know, we think that these are what you need. Is this correct?" And he looked at that and he said, like, "Well, wait, you did that over a weekend?" We're like, "Yeah. I mean, not all of it is finished yet, and not all of that is." wired up in the back end, but this is what we're planning to build. Is this satisfactory? And he said, this is, this is great. This is exactly
0: what we're looking for. Oh my gosh. So in the, in the time it took the large company to get back to him, to let him know that they were going to have a meeting in three weeks, you'd already prototyped the key features he needed to bring the customers over.
1: Absolutely. So it took, it took about a day for him to sort of realize, you know what?
0: Um, I'm just going to go with make so They seem to know what they're doing. Yeah. Oh, what are the biggest misconceptions foreigners and foreign entrepreneurs have about doing business in japan
1: i would say that it's similar to the way that they're used to doing business in their own home countries and then they turn up in japan they have a meeting and they think wow that meeting went great this is this is absolutely going to proceed this is going really really well then they don't hear back from them for three weeks and they find out that the whole deal was cancelled right like there's tremendous amounts of nuance in Japan and indirectness that I originally found to be extremely
0: frustrating. But now I've gotten used to it, right? Like, and so is it just that people don't realize when a, when a prospect is saying no? Or is it more subtle than that? It's, it's a little bit more subtle because I have a friend who wrote his entire
1: thesis on all the ways that Japanese people can say no boy, that's a long thesis. There were 52 ways, right? And some of those ways were, yes. (laughs) Right? So like, it's really, really hard to like work around. If you're a business person trying to get a deal done, they're like, wow, this is really interesting. You know, we'd love to continue discussions. The guy's like, great. Oh, fantastic. This is going really well. And he tells his bosses, yeah, this is going to go great. They're all really excited. Uh, And then, of course, the deal never happens, right? So that can be difficult to wrap your head around especially if you're used to coming if you're coming from a more direct culture like america or australia where people value directness in japan people do not necessarily value directness and over time you you get used to that and you adapt but it takes a lot of time it it comes down to business making processes how japanese companies actually make decisions and one thing that can be very frustrating for foreigners is decisions are made in committees in japan and those committees can take a long time to come together to discuss all the different various options and then to agree to move ahead now that's frustrating the positive side for that is once the committee has made the decision to move ahead it's all steam ahead right and Mm. they'll make fast progress along the objectives that the committee has agreed to getting the committee to agree can be frustrating and take time. So even if you're pressuring somebody for an answer and they haven't yet spoken to the committee, they're not going to be able to say anything to you that it makes sense. So, I mean, it, it's the appropriate thing is just for them to say, oh, okay, well, you know, we're thinking about it. It's very interesting. Uh, I need to talk to the committee about it. And, you know, that might happen in three weeks' time or whenever it actually ends up happening. Right. Right. So foreigners are a lot more comfortable with making decisions on an individual basis and Japanese companies are not always comfortable with that right there's far more value in Japan to making decisions as a group and being happy with that that decision as a group and then if it goes wrongly or if there's a problem it's like well we made this decision all together so really None of us are really to blame for this, <laughs> yeah, right? Because right? we all agreed it was a good idea at the time. And we'll, but we'll all take credit if it works out. Absolutely, right? So there's a lot of upside and, and limited downside. So from that perspective, it's not, it's not necessarily a bad way. It's, it's not a completely ridiculous way to make decisions, I would say. Okay.
0: And it's just the way it is. So yeah, is so that. you have to get used to it, right? So, so you, mindset. You, you can't expect to walk out of the meeting with a deal. No, You can
1: hope to walk out of the meeting with the precursor to building a relationship that happens over days, weeks, months, or years. And then over time, if things go well and the committee agrees, everything is great. And it'll move forward. and It'll move forward very quickly once that decision happens. But that decision could take a long time
0: to make. Let's shift gears a bit. Uh, You organized and you run uh, the Hacker News Meetups every month here in Japan. Right. How, is that? You've been, how long have you been doing
1: that now? About three years. We're about to do our 38th, no, 37th Hacker News event tomorrow. Awesome. I'll be there. Awesome. i look forward to that. <laughs> um,
0: so how has it grown over that time?
1: It started out with us just posting a thread on Hacker News saying, hey, is there anyone else in Tokyo? Let's uh, get together for a drink. And we managed to rustle up maybe three or four people. And then over the years, it just has kind of grown out. And I, I hear a lot of great stories where people have met employees or investors, or uh, they've found co-founders, even, which is fantastic. Yeah, we've met a lot of people that we've ended up hiring through Hacker News, which has been very beneficial for us personally. Um, and it's just a lot of fun just to get drunk with a bunch of nerds.
0: That's who, always who, fun. Who, yeah, working on interesting projects. Well, I'll tell you, it, it is one of the um, the Hacker News meetups is the first place I recommend. That people coming from San Francisco or London visit to get plugged into the, the tech community here in Tokyo. That's uh, nice. really a Thank great you. event. Yeah, and the URL will be on the website, so everyone can go. It'll be on the website, so everyone can go find you and show up for an event when they're in Tokyo. Cool, that's great. Um, but tell me about the, the composition of it. Is it mostly foreigners? Is it mostly Japanese? Is it a good mix. It depends on the event, but we get around about thirty to forty percent Japanese
1: people, which is pretty good considering that Hacker News is 100% in English. So we tend to get a very interesting mix of of Japanese and and foreigners, or foreigners doing business in Japan, or people who are traveling in from uh, San Francisco or Silicon Valley. We actually had an interesting experience where uh, maybe two Hacker Newsers ago, two Y Combinator partners came over and uh, joined the event. We're a bit nervous. We're like, we hope it's okay that we're doing this right. <laughs> like, so, you know, they came in and they they took the microphone. They're like, oh, you know, we we came here from, you know, we work at Y Combinator and we run the Hacker News website. And
0: um, and I was like, uh oh, <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: right. here it comes. Yeah, exactly
1: that. And actually, and
0: just just to be clear, you're you're not officially affiliated with Y Combinator. Absolutely really. not. It right. is a
1: community meetup that has uh, yeah, no official representation or connection to. Uh, y Combinator so the you know the, the Y Combinator guys came over and said yeah we're really uh, happy that you're sort of extending the Y Combinator brand and it's a really great group of people and yeah thank you very much for doing this it's a lot of fun for us to come here and we're like oh wow that's that's great that, <laughs> right? so yeah so it was really nice uh, very satisfying to well, you're obviously doing something right yeah I like to think so I like to think that sometimes
0: we do some things right <laughs> that's... Well, I think it's great that you limit uh, speeches and announcements to thirty seconds. Yes. Absolutely. In fact, I think you've kicked me off stage once or twice. For <laughs> you just sometimes you just won't shut up. Tim. Some, <laughs> sometimes I need to be
1: kicked off stage. No, I mean, and I've had I've been kicked off stage myself. <laughs> that's right. You Paul know? has kicked you off. Stage. Yeah, that's true. It's like Jay, you're at thirty five seconds now. It's, it's time fair play. Shut up. It's like I'm sorry, I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> so it's it's fine. No, it's it's nice because we find that if we don't set a time limit uh they drift right people will start off at like 10 seconds and like after five or six people will go to 30 then like you've just got some guy doing a monologue and everyone's bored to tears so yeah we need to we need to really just kind of keep things moving along we don't want the focus to be on announcements and
0: and and that and the lecture so much well let me ask you this because um actually both you and i came to japan on non-business reasons and suddenly found ourselves starting a company, what made you decide to stay in Japan and start a company?
1: Well, um, I feel like I'm going to try to take the term back um, of opportunistic. It seems like a really... Negative term with a lot of negative <laughs> connotations, but I think opportunistic being opportunistic
0: is a wonderful thing, right? You've being able to seize the opportunity, absolutely right. You yeah. see
1: an opportunity, you're like, oh well, I'm going to seize that opportunity and try to take advantage of that. You're right? There should be a better positive word for There's that. Not. There? The, the, the only other positive word is uh, hustler, and that's also not necessarily a positive that's, yeah. word. Exactly. <laughs> no, right? Like, oh, he's a real hustler. It's like, oh shit, I should check my wallet. I <laughs> yeah. Like, so it's that's not an great. interesting
0: point. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, right.
1: Yeah. So, um, so I would say that I had an opportunity to start a company where a guy that i had met uh happened to to like me which 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 was really nice and he said listen i'm starting my own company and i need someone to do the it would you be able to do that and having no idea about how to do an it project on a large scale i said yes <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs>
0: so,
1: <laughs> bite off more than you can chew, yeah, chew, like, chew like crazy right <laughs> and so i was chewing like crazy for several several uh Months and it was very difficult. Um, but, um, so then I failed very miserably. <laughs> <laughs> right. and, right. and, um, yeah, this guy, he, he ended up firing me several times throughout oh the my. course of our engagement. Yeah, the first time was the hardest, right? So, like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I imagine it would be. Yeah. yeah. So
0: I'm sort of... Sounds like really? a wonderful place to work. Well, yeah, it, was, it,
1: was, it <laughs> was intense. But this guy was under a tremendous amount of pressure. He was trying to set up a company in Japan, not knowing a huge amount of how to do that. He was trying to get investment from overseas. So he was under a tremendous amount of pressure. And he suddenly realized, oh, no, perhaps this IT guy who I like that I hired is completely incompetent and doesn't really know what he's doing. And that's kind of a valid concern i I don't really fault him for that for you don't fault him for the concern
0: but yeah he he could have handled it better well
1: (laughs) sure right but this guy is a bit of a master of the universe kind of you know captain of business and all that kind of stuff and he was very intense and i was not prepared uh from either an experience perspective or an emotional perspective or an intelligence perspective back then i would say to really handle that in an appropriate way now i would i would handle that very yeah
0: let's let's talk about it because in a very short time you went from from being a um, somewhat introverted uh, IT guy mm. to running your own company, having to go out and sell something to make payroll. Sure. How, how did you make that transition? Well,
1: honestly, you know, kind of owe a lot to this guy who was an extremely intense, very, very, very focused and aggressive guy. And I would say three months with this guy, really kind of change the way that i look at the world right like three months into this engagement i was so much better prepared to deal with any situation because i had to think on my feet i had to be razor sharp lightning fast to respond to whatever it is that he might say like so after dealing with your boss dealing with customers became a piece of cake it would have yeah it was simple (laughs) man honestly (laughs) after three months with this guy i'm like this is what business is like this is terrible (laughs) I want, to, I want to get the hell out of here, right? I was ready to quit after three months, right? But then I I started working with another company, I was, and they were like, they were very friendly and polite, and I was like, oh wow, this is way easier, <laughs> right? So like, it was much, much, much uh, simpler. And so starting with a client like that who was very aggressive and angry um, made things very simple and straightforward when I was dealing with pretty much any other situation. So I owe this guy a lot. Are you still friends? Yep. <laughs> All
0: right. Ah, that's awesome. That really is. Yep. That, that says a lot. Yep. No,
1: I, I, uh, we're still good friends. I like him a lot. He's a great guy. That's uh, cool. And...
0: So it sounds like you're, you're kind of stumbling your way into success. Um, you you mm. suddenly found yourself running an IT services business. You suddenly found yourself with a great invoicing product that your customers were begging you to sell to them. Stumbling to success. That'll be the title of my memoirs.
1: There I'll you surrender. go. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. That's I want to acknowledge him into that book. <laughs> of course, you can write the foreword. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, if you're going to... Doing your business in Japan is comes with its own unique set of um, advantages and disadvantages, positive things and negative things, right? Some of the positive things are once your customers start to use your product, they'll be extremely loyal. You would literally have to physically assault someone in their <laughs> office to get them to stop using
0: the service i have a friend who did that actually
1: oh i think you told me the yeah, story yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's story,
0: that's you know. a story for another day that's another fine, another yeah, set of years yeah, so that's fine <laughs> <laughs> that's okay but um so if people want to get in touch with you and make leaps whether it's investors customers enemies stalkers whatever what's the best way <laughs> Um, so
1: for stalkers I would recommend (laughs) uh, following me on Foursquare so they can see where I'm at (laughs) because sometimes I publish my location so they can come and stalk me a little bit more efficiently Um, for investors and customers just people who are interested to connect with me I am on Twitter at at Jason Winder uh, J-A-S-O-N-W-I-N-D-E-R and I am also on email at J-A-Y-J at makeleaps.com. Uh, and they're the two best ways to get in touch
0: with me. Okay. And we'll have all that information up on the, up on the website. So people who didn't write that down right now will <laughs> still be able to get in touch with you. That's, uh, that's very nice of you, Tim. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for talking with me. My pleasure. It's always all good right, to Matt. see you, mate. Okay. Thanks cheers. Yeah, great.
1: Of course. Yeah, no worries.
0: All right. We're back and sobered up again. Listen, if you want to check out any of the things that Jason and I talked about, have a look at the show notes at DisruptingJapan.com. If there's people you want us to interview or questions you want us to be asking, be sure to drop us a line at feedback at DisruptingJapan.com. And the best thing you can do, if you like what we're doing and you want to help us get the word out, please go to iTunes, write us a good review. It's really the absolute best thing you can do to help us support the show, and we really do appreciate it. I'm Tim Romero.